You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. everybody and welcome to issue 41 of the comic book informer we are coming to you on wednesday august 24th as usual i'm your host vince with my co-host roger what's up buddy oh not too much not too much all right well we have a very special episode lined up this week because we are once again talking about one of our favorite topics outside of superhero and regular comic books and that is online comics and please note i'm not just saying web comics for this issue because we're expanding a bit beyond your traditional web comic this week but we'll get back to that later uh way back when uh in the early days of 2010, in issue 13 of our podcast, uh, we did our first webcomic special. And one of the comics there that we really liked, we really enjoyed, and we really wanted to see where the story went was Freak Angels, uh, written by Warren Ellis and with art by Paul Duffield. And just a couple weeks ago, Freak Angels wrapped itself up with its finale. So what better time to check back in? Now, we both had a lot of conditions about how the story was going to play out and how much we were going to enjoy it once it was over. So I know you, you had a lot of uh, things that you wanted to see out of this. How did you find the ending? Okay. The, the thing with this one is that it's, it's, it's definitely a web comic that I feel you have to read it in chunks. You have to basically not read it for a while come back to it and then read it because some of the in the for lack of a better term some of the strips some of the pages we'll say are in and of themselves are boring as hell especially when you get towards the end where i mean let's just say spoiler now i guess because there's no way we can talk about this without actually spoiling what happens um so they 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 basically try to well not try they they fix everything that they did wrong in a way and so there's a lot of freaky kind of effects where you're seeing buildings with with you know it looks like northern lights around them kind of thing so in and of themselves those pages are really like you look at it the art is nice but i it's think like, they went two whole weeks of the webcomic without a single word being on the page yeah and you're kind of like okay nice flip Okay, nice flip. So when you're reading it in chunks, then then it's it's it sets the atmosphere, and in that regard, it does a good job. But I think as a a weekly web comic, in that regard, it kind of fails because it 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 it's not holding you your attention. It's not the kind of suspense that makes you want to keep coming back. Case in point, I loved what I read, but again, I read it in chunks. I read it in big chunks when you first brought it to my attention. But again, I didn't, even after I'd read up until we were at that point, and I loved the story, there were a few things that eh, wasn't crazy about, but I see now how it worked into the story. But it was one of those, I honestly, it, it fell off my radar often. And then we like, oh, shoot, I should go back and read, you know, the, the last however many that I've missed. <laughs> and so it, it, as opposed to other web comics that 
also work on a the same principle of trying to hold your interest with suspense and things like that on a more serious tone but they do it in such a way that every page does make you want to keep coming back and i think in that regard this failed that said though the story is very impressive i i like how they handled the sketchy topics to a certain degree i think that pardon me <clears throat> i think that they kind of made it too much of a focus in the story and i'm i don't know it's i i think that there could have been other ways to do it but i mean it's not you don't have to shy away from difficult subjects so i understand that but i think that there were a few points where it was a little more convoluted than it had to be let's mm -hmm. put it that way um still very enjoyable although the finale of what they're doing i don't think is actually imparted upon the audience well enough because yeah, like if you didn't know that that was the last you know the last uh, segment you're like oh man freak angels hasn't updated in a couple of weeks what's going on yeah well not just that but when you're actually reading the story like they're saying and maybe okay maybe i missed something let's just take it from your perspective what you got from it because i'm reading it and they're saying okay we're just gonna undo what we did and then they go through the whole freaking eyes bleeding thing where they're stressing themselves out trying to undo it and i'm thinking okay what exactly is it that they undid because everything is still like freaking post-apocalyptic kind of looking I don't get what they undid. Well, as an aftermath of them basically punching a hole in the Earth's crust, which caused the giant, giant disaster, there's this weird, I, I, there's really no explanation for it. We're just freakiness with the freak angels and the aftermath of their powers that left like this magnetic slash time loop slash whatever shield around the London area. So, you know, nobody could get in and nobody could get out. So So it was just taking that away. Yeah, they 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 fixed the hole and they took down the the barrier and then the help could get in. It's still jacked up, but it's not going to get any worse. Yeah, see, I got some of that, but it's just yeah, I see when when they were saying they they're going to be fixing it and undoing what they did, what I took from that is more of a, you know, fix everything up. Mm -hmm. So, not just not just that part. So it, it seemed somewhat anticlimactic because yeah, it was like. I, I was I was expecting some of that, too. And when, when the, the, the uh, relief troops were coming and I was like, oh, man, the place is still jacked. up. <laughs> well, because they set it up with the the whole um, like when they're talking about the, uh, the, the the bullet that was stopped and how they they put it back in and stuff like that. And we can do that with what we've done here. And I was thinking, oh, OK, so expect to see some freaking, you know buildings being rebuilt and and stuff like that and there was none of that everything still looks like hobo town <laughs> I mean, but yeah overall i i liked the story i loved the, the the style the setting the characters were all unique and engaging some of them were more fun than others um I, I I still have some small issues with the uh, the consequence to the more villainous characters. I don't know if I'm quite okay with just flipping a switch and making everything better. It just I don't know. It, the castration I think was enough. The, the, yeah. <laughs> the castration for me was enough for him. I was like, okay, all right, so I can deal with him now. <laughs> but it just just the, the pacing of the comic though, like you know, 
a couple weeks later, they were like, oh, OK, we feel kind of bad. We did that to you. I, mean, I don't know. It just it didn't quite work for me. Personally. Oh, no, no. I'm not going to disagree. I'm, I'm kidding around and all that. But it is I, I, I can I, appreciate they, they, they did put him through the ringer in between. <laughs> oh, yeah. But there were a lot of things where I thought that the characters were well handled. And then a lot of places where I could see shortcuts that were taken mm-hmm. and having never done a weekly web comic like this myself or any type of comic, it's not up to me to say, okay, well I could do better or things like that. I, I don't know. Maybe this is something that you have to do when you are doing this, this kind of thing. You have to take those shortcuts so that you can get your story out and the pacing and everything like that. So um, it's just one of those, those necessary evils. So yeah, no, uh, overall I, I really did like the, the characters. I like the interactions between them. I like that, by the time you are into, you know, the the much later episodes, that that's how he, he labels them, uh, you've gotten a good hang of the characters. You know them all. Whereas initially, a cast of 12 already is a big cast to work with and to remember everybody and all their quirks and everything. It takes a little while before those characters stand out in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. And especially once you start getting later on and God, everybody's bald now. <laughs> and like, which, which bald guy is Yeah, that? really. Which bald, purple-eyed character is this supposed to be now? <laughs> which is not saying anything bad about the art. The art is very good. It's just that there is a lot of time, there are a lot of times where the characters blend into themselves a little too much, but you start to wonder, okay, is that on purpose? Is that mm-hmm. part of the story because of their, their interconnection? Yeah, I, I was kind of picking up on that myself. Uh, I'm glad you agree there. But anyway, Freak Angels, give it a give it a check because it's absolutely free. Uh, Freak Angels, crap, is it .com or .net? Uh, com. .com, okay. You're going to edit that out, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it has 144, quote, episodes, each episodes, each consisting of six pages. So it's essentially an entire 36-issue run of a comic. If you like it, they have uh, trade paperbacks that you can purchase on the website. But again, this is a high-quality comic by people who get paid to write actual comic books for free. So check it out. Yeah, it's definitely worth. I think it's it's one of those things where it's. I wouldn't just be telling people, yeah, you should check it out. It's free or whatever. No, if you are into just plain comic books and good engaging stories, yeah, no, definitely read it. Read it from beginning to end. It's worth reading, and especially now that it's a done project as well then you don't have to be waiting as you're seeing panels that you know there's only two panels on the page and it's just a building and some lights but if you're reading it from start to end that sets a certain pace and then it is well paced it is it is good okay so the one thing that really attracted me to freak angels when i first heard about it was the fact that it was written by warren ellis again a guy that gets paid to write comic books it was doing a free web comic well we're seeing another one of those popping up called lady saber and the pirates of the ineffable aether and that is a mouthful yeah terrible (laughs) terrible terrible name it's found at ineffableaether.com, and that's going to be in the show notes because I'm not going to bother spelling it. <laughs> and it's written by Greg Ruka, 
who is currently writing Punisher and a multi Eisner award winning writer most recently this past year for the post mortem storyline with art by Rick Burchett, who himself has a nice collection of Eisners. So you're looking at a good team of quality creators working on this webcomic. Now, it's fairly new. It's only been around for like two months or so. And it's this cool steampunk sky pirate, you know, weird amalgamation of just a whole bunch of cool stuff. And when you're reading on the website, that's exactly what they say. Like, who doesn't like airships? Who doesn't like pirates? Who doesn't like great female characters? And you know, just going on and listing all the stuff that they've crammed together into this really interesting world that they've set up. Now, with it only having run for so far, it's kind of hard to judge it. And I don't know if they're really releasing enough content to make it a successful web comic because you're getting basically half of a comic book page of worth of content every Tuesday and Thursday or Monday and Thursday. So you're basically getting one page of a comic book over the course of a week. And I, I, from reading it, I could tell, man, if this was an actual comic, it would be pretty cool. It's got a great style, a great, you know, sense of flair, but week to week, it's just slow. So what did you think? Slow doesn't begin to describe it. Unfortunately, it's, it's like telling people that, you know, you can only read this half of the page today and then you got to wait several days until you can read the other half and then no you can't flip the page yet you got to wait and you can't convey enough if that's how you're trying to write it and again that's what i thought that what was going on with with um with freak angels it's the same thing here that if you're going to be reading it in large chunks where you go back and you go through multiple pages then it'll be much more enjoyable but as it is now with this pacing it it really is it's not i don't personally even find it enjoyable it's there's there's nothing on there there's not nearly enough content even less i find with these than there was with freak angels uh, far less now some of that may be the scene that they're playing out but mm -hmm. the thing to keep in mind too is that we're on okay how many does it say which one this is? Is this he labeling? Is page, page nine. Page nine. Okay. So nine pages. And what has transpired so far? They're chasing a chick. They got to the top of the blimp thing and uh, the Zeppelin and that's it. And, and it, that's all that's happened in nine pages. This is going to be a bloody slow story. And... As cool as the concept is, as cool as the art is and whatnot, site is freaking ripping. I love what they do with the site. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it just looks fantastic. I, I'm i not going to be reading this. And I like Rucka's, Rucka's stuff. I mean, I really liked it. We talked about it. I wrote about it on the site. I, I like his work. I love what he did with the first Punisher. So did you. But I'm reading this and it's like, huh. I got a lot more entertainment because he's putting his notes in yeah, that was the actual really cool. script. That I'm enjoying a lot more. There's a ton more in the script. So, and then you look at the art and you're picking up things. Oh, okay, I hadn't noticed that. But, uh, but this is definitely not something that I'm going to be reading regularly. I'll probably go back periodically just to get caught up on stuff. But no, it didn't. It, it didn't catch me. Yeah, if there's one word I could use to describe this, it's infuriating because I want to love this so much, and it's just like 
give it to me, please. I release a freaking comic so I can buy it and read it because this waiting and the anticipation is absolutely killing me on this. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's it's again, it's one of those things where I'm looking at how the characters are being um, described, what they're doing in the panels, as well as how he's describing them in in the, in the, in the notes for each one. And again, I'm seeing for lack of a better term, shortcuts that they're having to take with those characters to get you interested in them. And it's just, it's some of it comes off as far too cliche as well because they have to rush it so that you care about them right away. I mean, again, nine pages and next to nothing has happened except for her blasting her way onto the top of the Zeppelin kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of, I, this really did nothing for me. See, and, and I have to make the comparison as far as pacing is concerned to another one of our favorites, LFG, because it has the same concept. You get one page twice a week and overall it tells you know its own story over the course of X amount of pages. But they do design it in such a way that each individual page stands on its own. You don't you, there's never a day where you go to the site and you go, oh. Every day it's like, okay, that was good. That was good. And then you put it together and you get the larger thing. And I think that's just a problem that these, you know, pro comic creators have with the new medium. Like they, they, they have to learn how to pace a story for a webcomic. That's actually the, the best point that I think you could make right there. It's, it's the equivalent of a, you know, a novelist now trying to write for, write for comic books and not understanding that the pacing is is very different. And I actually came across that myself because typically I've written novels and different things like that. And I had written some stuff that was for a comic book. And uh, it, there was this phenomenal artist that I, I we did do some work together and whatnot. But when I sent him his my first ideas for scripts, he came back to me. He says, like, okay, you, you haven't read enough comic books. You don't <laughs> understand the pacing. This is not going to work at all. And... Um, and then I kind of picked up a few things along the way, but it's true. It's the, unfortunately their pacing, they're using some of the pacing they would use for comic books, sometimes changed a little to, at least you could see the effort to try to change it so that it'll work for web comics. But then you look at someone like Sommer with LFG and there's someone who gets it, who gets it right from the get go understands what it is and uses it to its fullest. And LFG is the perfect example of having a a story that continues, that is incredibly engaging, and that also has characters that you really care so very much about and know them and, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Want to know more about the story. And yet every single page stands in and of itself and you're saying okay this was good 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 (laughs) for me it's this was awesome this was hilarious (laughs) this was great there are very few of his pages that i say oh that was good whereas again even with freak angels there were very very few pages in and of themselves that i said oh that was very good no the story as a whole was phenomenal the maybe an episode as a whole was fantastic but there were very few just that page I looked at and said, wow, that was very good. There were a few, but there were very, very few. Mm-hmm. 
So it, it's definitely something that uh, in the coming years, maybe we're going to see more of because you, you're getting a lot of these comic creators looking for new audiences. And with the print industry having its issues, the web is the next place to go. Well, the thing to keep in mind, too, is that it's a fantastic way to get your name out there even more because you're going to be hitting a lot more of the the web comic you know, lists of uh, that they have all over the place that people frequent to see whatever strips it is that they want to look at. So if you're a writer and you could spare the time to write a, a strip once or twice a week and then you find yourself a good artist, well, the artist doesn't have to be a, you know, published comic book artist. It could be somebody who would like to make it in that industry. And this is their portfolio, essentially. So for an actual comic book writer, the web comics is a phenomenal idea. Mm-hmm. So that's going to lead us to our final comic for today, and that is Vision Machine, found at visionmachine.net, written by Greg Pack and with art by R.B. Silva. Again, both professional published comic book writers. And what makes this one different is it's not a web comic. Pack and Silva wrote a three-issue comic miniseries and then just put it on the internet. PDFs, here you go read it love it if you like it do whatever like they they have it under creative commons license they allow people to repost it remix it It it's cool when google plus first came out one of the first people on there was greg pack this guy is all over technology he posted the entire vision machine as a google plus um slideshow you just go on google plus and boom it's right there you can read the whole comic right there so he's really exploring a lot of options outside of the traditional print industry for how to distribute his work. And it's still available in print as well. He's giving freaking graphic novels away to comic book shops. And he hardly goes anywhere with a, without a box of these things under his arm. And it's cool because the story really ties into technology and society and how it goes together. It's this big future storyline set in 2061 where a company called Sprout, which is uh, – cool little weird amalgamation of Apple and Google it releases their newest product called the II and that just sounds horrible when you say it it works a little better on the page even then (laughs) yeah it's a little but okay (laughs) let's just go with it where it's this, this glasses computer thing where people can create their own media just using their eyes and their imaginations. And it focuses on these three young filmmakers who get the devices and just go nuts with it, make all kinds of amazing content. And I don't want to go entirely too in-depth with this because there's a lot of depths we can go to, but it explores some really interesting thoughts on you know our society and how technology works with us. Uh, very important things like copyright issues, government regulation, privacy, licensing, advertising, product placement. There's a lot of stuff in here that kind of makes you think when we see things going on like we have today with some of the larger video game companies. And you look, you look at this and you go, huh, could this really happen? And you're a huge tech guy, Roger. What did you think? See, that's the thing. I saw this and I thought this is fantastic. Um, the, the concept for the series, I'm not going to touch yet on the actual, um, the writer and the, the artist and how they, they put this out and everything, uh, but just the actual comic itself. 
I thought it was fantastic. And I read it all in one shot. It winds up being, I believe it's 84 pages if you read it, uh, the PDF. And I basically, again, and I love, I, I can't help but talk about it. I love the way they distributed it. So it's <laughs> yeah. just, boom, there it is. You can grab it from wherever you want kind of thing. So I had it on my iPad. So I was basically just flipping through and reading it on the iPad. And it looked phenomenal. It looks great. And the story was almost immediately grabs you again where we were talking about the other stuff and and how the pacing and whatnot well here's a story that got the pacing right boom right away it's it sets up the character or sorry characters it sets up the world that they're in and it sets up their their situation in terms of not being able to fulfill their creative dreams and again almost immediately boom, it's changed because of this device that comes out that allows them to do whatever it is that they want to do in terms of uh, filmmaking and, and things like that. And then it immediately spreads. It's, a, it's this viral thing. And then you get the big brother aspect of somebody is watching, knows everything. And it's funny because as technology is progressing and as we are doing a lot of things differently, you are naive if you think that you don't have a digital footprint out there. You're naive if you think that people can't find you and take satellite pictures of your home from their computer. I mean, anybody can do that. So to think that in X amount of years, it's not going to be exponentially worse or better, depending on how you see it. There's a certain amount of even though it's so far into science fiction, there are facets of it that are just that hit home with you just enough that you can you can roll with it and have fun with it so i i loved the pacing of the story i loved how just when you think okay well it's gonna settle down at this point nope now we're getting into this caveat and oh look the terms of services and nobody's reading the fine print and all of these little things kept building and building and i found that instead of using um well cliched ways of building the story up they found original ways mm -hmm. that actually made you think a little bit that actually were easier to believe and roll with it because it's like oh that's yeah i can see that and so it built up to the very end and i absolutely loved it every every moment of it i it was a fantastic story yeah and it, again i i just can't respect them enough for the way they handled it i mean it, it was I follow Greg Pack on Twitter. I have almost since I got on Twitter. I, I just really like the guy's work, as we'll discuss further next week. <laughs> but because he, he was just constantly talking about vision machine, vision machine, vision machine. And it's not unusual for writers to really hype up their stuff. So when I was like, fine, what is this vision machine thing? I was like, huh, PDF. But, oh, <laughs> that just blew me away. Yeah. And again, going back to the story, when you're looking at, because it is something where they they start to invade the privacy of the people a lot more, but they do it in such a way that it's believable. So case in point here, when you're looking at where it essentially started kind of thing, where they ask permission through the, the device for you to, if you would help them find a little girl. So you can believe that, okay, yeah, if everybody's got these glasses, then everybody is seeing so much more. You've got 
so many millions of eyes versus just the cops and the few people looking out for someone. So you could see how it worked. And then from there, it just, again, builds and builds and builds. But what I like is that Pac made it believable the entire way, even though you're dealing with something that's completely unbelievable, something that is so far beyond reality. It is a science fiction type of story, but he used those, the, the, the the hows and the whys are all rooted in what we could believe in that in a, a form of reality so again i can't commend him enough for that in terms of writing a believable science fiction story man he nailed it and there's one line uh very near the beginning of the comic that just stands out to me and it is quote Every year they come out with some new communication device that pretty much lets people not communicate with anyone around them. I want a little magic machine that actually brings people together in the real world. And if that line doesn't strike you and make you think, then you need to read this comic. Yeah, I you know what? I I'm actually looking for where that was because that I noticed that immediately. It's a little farther up. It was before they had announced it. So yeah, so yeah, no, I there were a whole bunch of lines like that where, again, it's the characters were believable enough that they were people that we could relate to, and that means a lot too because you're taking characters and putting them in these insane situations, so they better be someone that we can relate to as people. That yeah, that's how I would handle this situation, things like that. So yeah, little things like that. Very very good writing. Yeah, cannot praise it enough overall. I, again, story, writing, art, concept, distribution, vision machine just nails it. Yep. All definitely. around. Yep. I agree. All right. So we're going to head on into our what we're reading for the week. And just like last week, I've got a couple of DC finales that I'm looking at here. Uh, the first was Batman issue 713, which and I hate to use the pun. Holy filler, Batman! <laughs> Just it it, 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 it's again how you can tell which comics didn't know <laughs> were able how to could, plan. How could they not have known? I, I, I either they, either they didn't know or they're completely inept. Which one would you prefer? Uh, in this case, I'm sorry, but I'm going with inept. I, okay. I, they had to have known. See, the thing that I keep thinking about, too, and maybe it's just me again. I mean, comic book stories, like any kind of story, they're very subjective. So maybe for the writers for this. And, and again, let's see. I don't know how much leeway the writers were given. Maybe the editors are saying, you make sure that you end this story on this kind of happy note or you do this type of story, whatever. You can't just go hog wild and do whatever you want. So maybe that's it. Like we saw in Secret Six. Yeah, or maybe it is (laughs) that the writers themselves think that this is the the high note of their career that, you know, this is the final issue of Batman. We're going to make it fantastic and blah, blah, blah. Myself, though... I'm thinking, okay, I'm writing freaking Batman, all right? Issue number 713, this is big, this is huge. I'm going out with the best freaking Batman story imaginable that you can squeeze into one issue. It's going to rock from beginning to end. When it ends, you're going to be... You're going to be disappointed that it's going to be, that it's ending, but still excited for the relaunch. But this was just like, let's just sit around a freaking campfire, roast a couple of marshmallows, throw a story out, 
on the fly and hope the people like it. I was disgusted. You know what this was? This was Batman 0.1. No, no, it's not even. No, it's it's, it's it, oh. all it is is this stylistic recap. Stylish, of, I the, you can't use the word style with this. There was no style. I, they were trying for style. There <laughs> was get, none. They get a point for effort. <laughs> just a recap of you know the Batman mythos. So it was just why what what reason is there for somebody who's been reading batman for the previous 712 issues to buy this if especially there's so many dc fans that were alienated with the thought of the relaunch you could at least the the ones who say oh i'm not buying any of the new number ones at least give them something to end on something anything because this was nothing It was terrible. It was, I was so disgusted. I picked it up and I thought, hey, last Batman story. Okay, you know what? Because we'd been talking about just last week, like some of them knew, obviously some didn't kind of thing. I'm thinking, it's a freaking Batman. They had to be prepared for this. There has to be a really, really good final story. And I read it and I was disgusted. (laughs) There's no other way of saying it. I would have tossed it if i didn't care about how my comics look <laughs> i would have just tossed it away but i care so i placed it nicely but <laughs> the thought was, oh, it was just like slam but it's still flat slam but the, the, the intent was there i was mad i was just yeah again and a lot of it it's a story so i get it it's subjective maybe the the writer thought you know what i went out with this great recapping of everything that we've done so far, and they're proud of that. And if so, more power to you. But for me, the reader, I read this, and it was the equivalent, again, of that Batman Beyond. Um, even worse, actually, that yeah. it was like, I just, I my God, go out with a freaking bang. Do something that knocks our socks off. This, this did not. This, this, yeah. Okay. So moving uh, moving on from there, I also read uh, Justice League issue 60. Now, the the current run of Justice League, in concept, I get it how they're trying to do, you know, the second generation of heroes, you know, replacing the iconic Justice League characters. But at that point, it stops being a Justice League comic and it's just the Teen Titans. (laughs) I don't care if Dick Grayson is now Batman. If he's running around with these characters, it's the freaking Teen Titans. So... I've read a couple issues now and then. I can't say it's good because it's not, but it, it's been all right. So last issue, let's see what you got. And it was like a flat. It was like a fast forward where they were all sitting around the table in the watchtower talking about all the great adventures that they had oh. that were never in the comic. It was just like, ugh. You get this, 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 the scene, the cliched scene at the end of Dick and Donna walking out of the watchtower and shutting off the lights behind them. I was just like, oh my are you God? <laughs> but at least it was a finale. <laughs> at least they, they did something to signify that it was over. Because it, it, I keep coming back <laughs> to Secret Six. Again, you could tell Secret Six didn't have a plan for the finale, like a long-term plan going in. They had their last issue. They're like, okay, first couple pages, we're going to wrap up whatever plot threads we have dangling around. They might not be satisfying solutions, but they're going to be solutions. We're not going to end this like lost. 
And then they just went out with the biggest bang possible. And it, it, it was fitting for the comic, fitting for the way it's run. And it was like, a, OK, this was this was a solid last issue. Whereas these two, it's just blah. What yeah. have you read else? <laughs> OK, well, seeing as we're on bad anyways, we'll stick with bad and then we'll go to good. Um, I finished, of course, Ultimate Fallout. And I'm sorry, I praised wah, that series wah, at, wah. The, at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Praised it, loved the, the different things that they were doing. Um, and then it kind of went a little weird with the reveal of the new Spider-Man, but yet no real information. And it was kind of like, okay, well, that was anticlimactic. And then from then on, dude, it was worthless. It was, I was, I was kind of disgusted. I'm reading this thinking, this is terrible. This is really not good at all. And that final issue, I'm sorry. It just wasn't good. I, I didn't like it. It was, yeah, that. I read it, what, a week ago? And if you asked me right now, I couldn't tell you what happened in it. Oh, May's heading off. It was, com- <laughs> it was completely forgettable. Yeah. You know what? That's probably the best way to describe it then. Here's this event that's supposed to be unbelievable to set us up for the new Fallout, or the sorry, the new um, Ultimate Universe, whatever. And like this was like poop on a stick so, so that was that uh, what, all right so so at least give us some good here okay please, the for the good, love of god dude, there had to be a good comic last week wolverine versus marvel universe gets better with every issue how does he do that how, <laughs> because <laughs> when you're already starting off up here okay this is me sitting but my hand is way up high you're starting off there you're starting off on awesome Okay, how are you going to get better than that? And it consistently is getting better. The series is absolutely phenomenal. And I loved I love that. Um, I love that it is integrated with Punisher versus the Marvel Universe. I love that it's all one gigantic story of fun and that it's um, as opposed to being its own story, because I, I know that that would work and it would have been fun in its own regard in its own way kind of thing in its own separate way. But now having read the other one and seen them, excuse me, and seen them both tied in like this and seeing what he's doing with Wolverine and, and, and the Punisher and now <laughs> freaking wolverine and the hulk and all that crap (laughs) and it was just again it's every issue is getting better i can't i can't praise the man more than that i I mean we've already talked about the art we had talked about the art when we initially talked about the punisher series and i love the art the art fits the story so perfectly so there's not much more i can say than that i'm sorry it's fantastic but the the writing is just consistently getting better to the point where this is the mini series that i'm reading more so even than flashpoint this is the one that it's like i can't wait for the next issue i want to know what's going to happen and i want to know if there's going to be another kind of tie-in that'll be from another character's perspective now because he's setting it up it has to be doing well in sales i mean I want to see this, this, the universe that he's made up with what is going on in that parallel universe. I want to see it from a lot of different angles from characters that we care about. I want to see Marvel Universe versus Captain America. I want to see Marvel Universe versus Deadpool. (laughs) Heck, give me Marvel Universe versus the Hulk. There, yeah, there's so many 
very, very interesting characters that you could do amazing things with this, what he, what he's laid out here. And what I love too, is that he can do so if he chooses to, even after the fact, because right now the Punisher story and the Wolverine story are basically going concurrently. So it's the same story that's going on at the same time. However, if he chose to, he could do it uh, a, a story that is, you know, after Spider-Man got shot kind of thing by the Punisher at the end of Punisher or at whatever the end of, of, of this little run is going to be. So it's, it's strong enough. The characters are strong enough. That world is strong enough and it's still ongoing. It's like a zombie story. If he wanted to, he could keep going and really create something that is, you know, fantastic. Well past just this run. All right. So thank you for ending our what we're reading on a high note because it was pretty dismal there. Okay. I think we owe it to him, though, even if it involves a short break that I have to take out. I don't have the comic nearby. What's his name? What's Jonathan the Mayberry. Jonathan Mayberry. So there you go. I, we have to say his name. I'm sorry. And the the, the penciler is Lawrence Campbell. Um, so fantastic art. But yeah, Jonathan Mayberry, It's we have to say his name. I'm sorry, but I'm so impressed with the writing in um, every single issue so far that, yeah, this dude has got my respect. And he's a fan. So thumbs up. Ah! <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap up with our new releases for the week, and we're starting with DC because this is the final week. Next week is when it all starts going down. <laughs> so for the final finales, if you will, we've got Action Comics number 904, which I'm hesitant to look I'm, at. Dude, I'm not buying it. I'm not. I'm sorry. <laughs> After what we've seen so far, because before I thought, you know what, I'll pick the, uh, I'll buy the big ones. I'll buy the big guns and and and. I'll have those final issues, but having seen what we've seen, so screw that. You're not getting my three or four bucks. And we also have the final issue of Brightest Day Aftermath, The Search for Swamp Thing, which it's been pretty cool. I'll read anything with Constantine in it at this point. We have the last Flashpoint miniseries wrapping up with Hal Jordan, Kid Flash Lost, Lois Lane in the Resistance, and Project Superman. We have a one-shot, Superman Beyond, which is exactly what it sounds like. Which is what? What is it? <laughs> it's a Superman story from the Batman Beyond setting. Is it really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and the final issue of Zombie, which I have absolutely been loving every issue of that one so far. And moving on to Marvel, we have Captain America and Bucky 621, FF number 8, the long-awaited third issue yeah, of Kick-Ass 2. That only took what? How long? <laughs> Three years? <laughs> it's, it's 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 the uh, unfortunate circumstance of a creator-owned comic that's being published by a major publisher. When you're using an artist that they wanted one of their titles, they're going to pay him more. So he has to stop drawing your book for a little while to catch up on his Marvel work. We have New Mutants number 30, Punisher number 2. Ultimate Comics Ultimates, number one. I'm going to hate reading those off. Uncanny X-Force, number 13. X-Men, number 16. And X-Men Legacy, number 254. Okay, before we go on to the rest, though, having mentioned now X-Force, it's, I think, oh. important. 
important to note that I called it. Oh, I we, freaking, we. No, dude, I did. I did. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I don't care what you say. I'm not. I'm going to edit you out if you say anything or not. <laughs> <laughs> I called it. Freaking Kurt is coming back. I love it. I, I can't wait to see more because they really didn't talk a lot about it in the news blurb that you gave me, the link that I was reading there. There wasn't too much information. To. But, oh, yeah. But it was like, dude, there you go. All right. Hands up. I got it. I'm I'm so freaking happy. That's going to be awesome. And once again, making it so that it's if you're buying one Marvel series right now, in my opinion, Uncanny X-Force is the one to buy. Absolutely. All right. So to move on to the uh, the final comics here from Boom Studios, Incorruptible number 21 from IDW, one that I am really, really looking forward to checking out. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one. <laughs> I grew up with the Ninja Turtles, and this is a return to their roots of a gritty, dark, violent, bloody comic book with one of the original creators actually writing this. Um, Kevin Eastman is involved with the relaunch, so definitely, definitely want to check that one out. And from Image, what do we have, Roger? Ah, two. Two number 20. Dude, I can't wait to read it. Of course, my comic book dude sold out of them, but he's ordering <laughs> me some more. But yeah, I can't wait to read it. Love All right. Tree. So that's going to wrap us up here on issue 41. As always, you can find us at comicbookinformer.com. All over Twitter and various social networking sites. It's it's all on the website. I can't sit here and name them all off like you do every week, Roger. And of course, on iTunes. So we will see everybody next week. Kurt's coming back. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I cannot tell you how excited I was. It was like a little, again, I was that kid on that tricycle. That is awesome from The Incredibles. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait. Who is Wolverine going to trust more? Phantom X. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be too busy trying to get it on with Psylocke with Warren out of the picture. Yeah. That would require, you know, going places. Oh, heaven forbid. You're too young to be an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I've been an old man for years. <laughs> Far too young to be an old man. It's only 13 issues. You've cried before about five. <laughs> when they're tacked on top of a whole crap load of other stuff. And I didn't cry. Why don't you start patronizing me? <laughs> Stupid son of a bitch. And he comes back and says, we're sold out of those already. <laughs> It's Wednesday. They just and it's Chew. How did Chew become that popular? That you, they're sold us. out. We, we're, we're bringing oh, it to the masses. God. So so luckily he's ordering me some more. But you better because otherwise I'll find them somewhere else. And no variants. Don't even look at the variant shelf. <laughs> the, the variant shelf has moved. It no longer exists. Don't even bother looking. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to try to... Actually, I'm going to contact Rick Reminder. Say, dude, I want you on our show. We have given you so much praise. I want you on the show. Whether he comes on or not, this is another matter entirely, but I'm going to try. And I will be a bunny. <laughs> I can see you now making like this huge, buff, bunny rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll bunny. Okay, you may want to start. You sure? <laughs> all, all the good stuff's coming out now. We don't want that. <laughs>
Ja, er zu cheesy. 